Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are finishing up the book of John. Where are we going to go after we finish this? There's plenty more. There's a couple There's other 66 books. There's 66 books There's a couple here. other books in the Bible, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And, and there is the gospel for life. So That's right. everything yeah. we need for life and godliness here. That's right. And, and I don't know about you guys, but when we're done here, I'm going home. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've been looking at the post-resurrection appearances. These are very vital narratives um, in the gospels because – you know, obviously the victory was won when Jesus rose from the dead, but Jesus shows himself to be a tender and loving Savior as he comes and gives proof, infallible proofs to all of his disciples that he rose, and he, he ties up and, and restores those relationships that were, that were broken, uh, specifically Peter. So we are at the end of John chapter 21. So I'll go ahead and read the last few verses. This is right after Jesus asks them three times, if you love me, and then Jesus prophesies his death. And then we pick up in verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had been reclining at table close to him and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And thus ends the Gospel of John. One of the things that it points to at the very end of that is the inspiration of Scripture. There were other things that could have been written about and. Uh, Jesus, but under the inspiration, uh, the the apostles were writing those things which the Holy Spirit revealed that were for our benefit, and this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in verse 20, it says, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. Um, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John's code for himself, mm-hmm. um, and we shouldn't uh, take that to, you know that John is saying, "Hey, I was the favorite." Uh, that's that's not what he's that's not what he's indicating. But he but he was very very close to Jesus. Uh, they all are. But there's something going on here, you know. And it's kind of ironic that even after his restoration and Peter has been now restored, you know, 
the the three denials have been have been healed by the three questions of Jesus, do you love me? And then feed my sheep and uh, finally follow me. So Peter is Peter is now restored that the denial, the betrayal has been dealt with, but still uh, Peter has one more opportunity to put his foot in his mouth and get a mild rebuke. And he takes it. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, he does. Well, and, he, and, and he's been told the kind of death he's going to die. So he's kind of looking around at everybody else. And the first and the closest guy to him is now John. And he says, well, what about him? Right, right. Uh, and I, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I often don't know what to, what to make of this. But part of it is that while we, have a, we obviously as disciples have a responsibility to love one another, uh, to exhort one another. Uh, I mean, how, how many uh, to, to carry one another's burdens? Uh, how, how many one another's are there in the New Testament? Uh, anyway, so we have responsibilities to one another, and, and we're not independent disciples. We are, we are in this together in the mm-hmm. body of Christ, and, and we need each other. But ultimately, I think Jesus is indicating here that there's something about your journey with Jesus that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. And it's between him and each individual follower. And uh, particularly how we're going to end the journey. For my journey, that's between me and Jesus. For your journey, that's between you and Jesus. Uh, but I think he's saying here you know, to Peter, you, you know what, Peter? Uh, none of your business. He's saying that to us who would want to peer introspectively into somebody else's life. Yeah. Uh, he's not saying that so that you can say, hey, this is my problem. Go and take care of yourself. And that's not why he's saying that. Yeah. He's just saying, concern yourself with following me. Yeah. I'll take care of the other things. I'll take yeah. care of everything else. Yeah, and, yeah. I'll ta- and I'll take care of your brother. Yeah, I'm going to take care of your brother. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I agree. I you know, Jesus is, is essentially saying, look, I have a special, unique calling for you to follow, mm-hmm. Peter. And that's different than everybody else's, including John's. And so, you know, applying that to us today, he, he's saying to us, you know, what, so listener, what is it to you if you are suffering from a de- debilitating illness and others are not? Your mm-hmm. job is to follow him in your debilitating right. illness. What is it to you if your marriage is painful and broken while others seem to have it together? You follow me. You know, what is it to you if, if others have spiritual gifts that are celebrated while yours are overlooked? You follow me. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's saying, keep your yeah. eyes on me. Quit looking at other people. Yeah. I think there's an aspect of this text where Peter has just been told that he's going to die a martyr's death. And you might look at that and say, well, that's the worst possible thing. John is lives a very long life church history would say he lived almost to the end of that first century yeah right so what did john have to experience and and he and he and he experienced exile which in some ways is harder than being a martyr and exile where he has to write the seven letters to the churches that are struggling so he has the pain of watching the church fall away. Yeah. Uh-huh. And given what Jesus has just said to Peter, 
that it's about the church. It's about the sheep. Mm-hmm. And Peter, in essence, gets to die a martyr's death for the, the church, for the, for the sheep, in his service to his master. John is asked to tarry and has, I'm just speaking from a pastor's heart here, the hardest thing for me would not be dying for my sheep. Yeah. The hardest thing for me is when my sheep go astray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And John has to live that. Yeah. yeah. And I think Jesus is saying, don't don't go back into that comparison game, Peter. Yeah. Don't don't look at it and say, well, I've got this awful thing. What about him? I think Jesus gives each of us the burdens that are specific to us. And we are called to bear them as God has seen fit for us to bear. Yeah. Right. And I can look at somebody else's life and try to figure out is mine better or worse and i think jesus is saying here not the point yes well and as and as josh was saying earlier that uh or what he was uh you know intimating was that uh it, when we compare ourselves to another's journey there's tremendous temptation either to jealousy or resentment mm-hmm. you know why why do i have this burden and others don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why? Why does somebody else have what looks like you know this tremendous blessing, and I don't? There, there's there's temptation there that that we don't need. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. If I may, can I just circle back to that phrase, "the disciple whom Jesus loved"? Just because I don't actually think it has anything to do with any of the rest of the disciples at all. I think John is telling us that my identity mm-hmm. is solely in Jesus Christ. That I am loved. I'm loved. Yeah. Who am I? I'm the loved disciple. Yeah. yeah, he's identifying himself as the author of this, of of this gospel of John. And that's where he, and he's finishing up with the identity of who has written these things. He was an eyewitness mm-hmm. to the Lord's majesty. He was an eyewitness to all these events. He's the disciple whom Jesus, in, who Jesus actually on the cross uh, tells mm-hmm. John, you take care of Mary, my, mo- my mother. Doesn't, doesn't, the way that John uses this as language though, just like we're identifying with Peter and, and these other disciples and Thomas a couple weeks ago, doesn't, doesn't John invite us to use that same identity for mm-hmm. ourselves? Yeah, like yeah, this absolutely. isn't this isn't something yeah. that is just very unique to John, but that we can say, "I am the disciple that Jesus loves." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm the doubting Thomas. I'm the I'm I'm the impetuous Peter. I'm, I'm the, the, one of the sons of thunder. A, <laughs> rarely, but <laughs> short thunder. <laughs> and he says. This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things. And that's a key phrase. I mean, in your Bible, you just look on the next page that the call to the disciples were by Jesus. The last instruction he gives them is bear witness to what you have seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And so you find in the end of John, John actually saying, I'm faithful Mm -hmm. to what Jesus called me to do. Mm Jesus called me to bear witness to what I've seen and heard. I'm giving you a testimony of what I have seen and heard. Mm-hmm. I am a faithful witness. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed my my master. I followed yeah. my yeah. Lord and what he yeah. commanded. 
and, and that's where we there, there's a commonality between all of our callings. Like, mm-hmm. so so Peter doesn't have the same end as John, as we've already pointed out. But what they have in common is that they're both supposed to bear witness. So you're at home and you're one of those people that does have a debilitating illness. You're suffering in the last, you know, years of your life or you're bedridden. How can you bear witness about Jesus in these last years of your life? Or or you're in a broken marriage. Your spouse doesn't love you. Uh, you're, you're living as roommates. How can you bear witness to Jesus even in the midst of this trial? And that that's what all of us, that's, that's what God calls all of us to do, that we can still bear witness no matter what situation that we're in. Like Wang Yi in China, he's in a Chinese prison right now right. for preaching the gospel. How can he continue to bear witness? God is not done with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've got family in my church that have a loved one that has pretty significant dementia that, that's, that's been hard because it, it seemingly he has lost some of his, his ability to just do the normal functions of life. His personality has significant change. And you're left asking the question, well, what's the point? And thankfully, the, the, the family has embraced that maybe the point is that we can glorify God in how we love and care for our father at this point in his life, that it, it's not about us, it's about the witness that we can have in this situation. And, and I think that's just um, a healthy way of just approaching all of life. Um, what is there about this moment, this circumstance, that, that God is asking me to bear witness to him? I think, I think the resurrection, as we've been studying it, it helps us order our lives in meaningful ways and gives us hope for a new and better life. And this is what um, we have in the conclusion of the Gospel of John. Amen. You've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 